Steve Thompson in for Henry Lake. Uh, Henry, a little under the weather. Chris Tubbs is our producer, normally in on Saturdays here on News Talk, 830 WCCO. Big local sports news today. Eric Kendricks and Minnesota Vikings part ways. And as you heard a moment ago, Matthew Collar from Purple Insider joins us. Matthew, it's been a while. How you been? I am really good. How about you? Yeah, good. Uh, the Kendricks news uh, comes out today, and uh, anybody who follows the Vikings uh, probably not surprised by this move because, number one, the defense for the past few years hasn't been very good. Minnesota Vikings have major cap issues to deal with. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a combination of a couple of things. Uh, like you said, their salary cap situation is not good, and uh, the I won't get into the specifics, but there are adjustments to each team's cap based on things that they gave out, like roster bonuses and so forth. And the Vikings actually have less cap space than the actual salary cap. So it's even worse than you thought it was. Um, and they were going into this having to make somewhere in the range of $25 million just to get cap compliance. That's not even to fill out their roster and to fill all the spots and to sign the draft class and everything else. So they probably have to make in the range of 40 to 50 million in cap space. So this is the first domino to fall. They create nine and a half by moving on from Eric Hendricks. And I think anybody who watched the team over the last two years probably felt like Eric Hendricks was not the same level all pro that he was in the past where he was a dominant player. And I don't think that he fit very well in the defensive scheme. Not that a lot of people did, but I, I think that we saw just a little bit of that decline, you know, if part of your game is being lightning quick and you lose even a half a step, then you're not the same player anymore. Um, but at the same time, I think it is a gut punch and maybe one that uh, fans should prepare themselves for more of to, you know, Vikings fans who have watched Eric Kendrick's career. I mean, it's not just that he was an all-pro, but also, you know, one of the great human beings that they've had in this organization. I mean, when the ownership is putting out a statement from releasing a player, um, recognizing his community efforts and what he's meant to their organization, you know it's something. Like, you know that this is a significant player. So he will be missed. I mean, that's a, that is a heart and soul type of guy that really sets a standard for an organization in a locker room that you don't just draft in the second or third round or something. I mean, it's, it's not easy to replace someone like Eric Hendricks. Yeah, and as you mentioned, this is the beginning. We brought it up earlier in the show tonight, and that is Adam Thielen is another name that comes up, and Harrison Smith is another name out there. These are very popular frontline Vikings and have been for a long time. But the reality of this situation is the state of this defense over the final two years of Mike Zimmer's tenure and, and really in the first year of, of Kevin O'Connell's tenure was a major problem. They weren't good. And ultimately, you, you got to change out some of the veteran parts. You know, the money is a big part of it, but also the fact that they just weren't very good defensively as a unit. You got to make changes. Right, right. And this is kind of the natural progression of how every team works in the NFL. I mean, this is why it's so hard to be an NFL general manager is that you're always dealing with the problems of how much do you pay people and the fact that people get old very quickly. I mean, in Major League Baseball, you'll probably see a, ste- you know, a steady decline or something like that from age 27 or 30 or whatever down. Uh, but, but, you know, baseball players can still be good into their mid-30s. 
football players, they often kind of hit a wall, and you're not sure when that's going to happen. Even Quasi Adolfo Mensa said the other day at the Combine, he said we can only really project about two years out for player performance, and even that's extremely difficult considering injuries and, and you know how age impacts different people. But I, I, you know, I think you're right to bring up players like Adam Thielen, Harrison Smith, uh, Delvin Cook is another one. Yep. Even Zedarius Smith's contract situation opens up for the realistic possibility that they could move on from him after a very good season, but uh, that's a lot of cap space they could create, and his second half of his season wasn't all that great. Um, Daniil Hunter would be a guy that they might take trade offers for. Like By the beginning of training camp, we might need to distribute rosters throughout the Twin Cities for people to know who's on this Vikings team. I think that's a very realistic scenario, but there's also the scenario where they don't want to really go all in on rebuilding this roster and, and overhauling many parts, and they try to work something out with these guys. I just think that we've done that so many times and sort of seen the same results that it's probably time to, to start that process of making this roster Quasi Adolfo Mensa and Kevin O'Connell's rather than having it be kind of half of a Zimmer-Spielman roster. Yeah, and we, we brought up Adam Thielen. Here is local hero, uh, born and raised in Minnesota, played at Minnesota State. We all, we all know the story and the backstory. We've heard it many, many times. But another big decision. What do you do there, and how do you handle it? Um, Eric Kendricks, terrific Viking career, great guy in the community. Adam Thielen, you, you add the fact that, you know, in, in, in some ways kind of a local legend on top of it, and that doesn't make it easy, and how they handle that in particular is going to be very interesting. He's from Minnesota, huh? I, you know, I haven't yeah, heard yeah. that. That's, uh, that's, <laughs> that, that is news. <laughs> no, uh, you know, the Adam Thielen thing is very interesting to me because, you know, his, his cap hit is really, really big. But they can restructure it if they want to. It's a matter if they want to because that doesn't help them down the road. Every time they do a restructure or something like that, uh, you have to pay the bill later, and they've been doing that many times, which is how you end up in the cap situation that they are right now. But there also seems to be a, a vibe that Adam Thielen feels like he wasn't used enough last year, which is kind of odd to me. Because if you're Kevin O'Connell, like, aren't you dialing up most of the plays to Justin Jefferson, the world's greatest wide receiver? And, you know, I know Adam Thielen's a great competitor, and he would not be here if he wasn't. But I also think, man, I mean, I don't know. He got 70-something catches last year, over 100 targets, and he feels like he wasn't a big enough part of the offense. That That is a little bit strange to me, but also might just indicate that the time is done. It's always better to move on one year too early from a player like this than have it end up being contentious or sad or frustrating at the end. I mean, if they let it play out with Kendricks and then he didn't play well and it was expensive and fans were unhappy, like it, it can get ugly, as you've seen many times with veteran NFL players. So if he's not happy with his role, uh, they should probably just move on, call it a day, and say thanks for the memories. Someday you'll be in the ring of honor. Yeah. Matthew Collar joining us, Purple Insider, on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Big news today, Eric Kendricks. There is a lot of work to be done as the Vikings put themselves into a position uh, to make some moves in free agency and remake this defense. And this, this is something that you and I talked about once upon a time. I, I know you've 
written about it a great deal. When it was clear they were going to move on from Rick Spielman and, and Mike Zimmer, there was a thought that maybe now is the time that instead of trying to rebuild on the fly or, or, or stay competitive or stay in the mix, that you kind of tear down and, and, and start over. Clearly, ownership has no intention to doing that. But the, you're still walking a tightrope here that, you know, Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, and some of the pieces you put together offensively. But if, if you go through another season where your defense flat out isn't competitive, what's the point? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree. And, you know, I don't know if you have uh, looked at their opposing schedule for next year, but <laughs> it has Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, the Eagles, the 49ers. Uh, I don't know who's playing quarterback for the Packers, but, you know, a couple of times against the Detroit Lions, who had a top five offense next year, it's going to be way harder as a schedule. So they could actually play better and still end up with the same numbers. And with no cap space and no draft capital, how is it supposed to happen? I mean, I, I think that Brian Flores could be better at his job than Ed Donatel. That's a low bar. But at the same time, when you're playing all those great quarterbacks, it's going to be really difficult. And that's where, you know, Quasi Adafalmenta has talked a lot about timelines. And I think that it's really important in the NFL. It might be the most important thing is to understand when it's your year, when you need to take a step back and plan for the future. And that doesn't mean tanking. And Quasi said, you know, he doesn't like tanking or that idea of tanking. And that's totally fine. You're not in a position to tank when you have Justin Jefferson. You're going to be a good offense when he's on your team. But it does mean living in reality and understanding where you are and not sacrificing the future to try to get minimal gains. I mean, this year was really exceptional to get 13 wins. But, you know, at the end of the day, they kind of made a lot of sacrifices to keep the team together for a first round out in the playoffs, which we kind of all thought was going to be how the season played out when it started. So I think they need to, you know, maybe learn some lessons from that. And some of the, you know, some of the sacrifices they made too were to keep players that didn't really perform that well last year. I mean, yeah, I think that it is very vital to them that they do walk that tightrope of not locking themselves into, say, Kirk Cousins long-term, having flexibility there, which was a word Quasi used at the Combine about the quarterback position, and being in a spot where you know maybe next year or even this year if the right opportunity comes across, they could try to draft the quarterback and rebuild this thing. I, th- I think it's time, and I think that you know the vibe I've gotten from Vikings fans too is that everyone's sort of ready for this. Like we saw the whole Zimmer and Spielman era. We've seen the whole Kirk era. We kind of know how this goes. Now it's time to really hit the reset button here. Uh, I wonder if, if the Wolves and the, the current leadership with the Minnesota Vikings are going to look at the Derek Carr signing down in New Orleans today and go, wow, the price of poker uh, for a reasonably good quarterback, and I, I, I kind of put Derek Carr in the middle of the pack guy. Not the, the worst starting quarterback in the NFL, but I, he's certainly not a top 10 guy either. And the New Orleans Saints wrote a pretty big check uh, for for Derek Carr and a fair amount of, and, and I wonder if they're going to say, you know, we really don't have a plan B when it comes to quarterback, and could that lead to Kirk Cousins getting that extension that, may not be a good thing over the long haul. Yeah, yeah. The Derek Carr and Geno Smith extensions today really tell us what the price is. And now it's kind of up to those two sides to decide if that's what they want to do, right? But especially the Vikings, in my mind, is that the price you want to pay? Because 
Derek Carr is a very, very similar quarterback to Kirk Cousins. Most of the time throughout his career, he's been kind of 500 quarterback with a few pop-up seasons. And like you said, he's probably not in the elite, but he's also far from terrible. He's certainly a good quarterback. New Orleans is a better team, but are they a real contender? Probably not with Derek Carr, and that's how it's been with Kirk Cousins. If the Vikings want to do the exact same contract with Kirk Cousins as Derek Carr, they probably can to give him a multi-year deal at somewhere around the range of pushing $40 million a year. But we kind of know where this road takes us. And the other factor, though, that is different between Carr and uh, Kirk Cousins is Kirk is older and by, uh, you know, an, 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 in like a significant amount of years older to the point where a lot of middling quarterbacks in their careers that aren't Rodgers and aren't Brady usually do start to fall off at about age 34, 35, 36. Even someone like Matt Ryan or Eli Manning, who are really good quarterbacks, this was about the time that they started to slip. So as the Vikings are making that projection and trying to figure out, like, do we want to lock ourselves into Kirk Cousins? They also have to consider that element of it, too, is do you want to sign any quarterback that's this age that doesn't have a Hall of Fame career? It feels more like that they would play this out and just let him you know, run the contract to the end than it does that they'll sign him to a Derek Carr deal. But we also don't know where ownership stands on this. I mean, sometimes in the NFL, the ownership says that's our guy and we want him as our quarterback, and then the front office has to do it. So I, I honestly don't know which way that's going to go. All right. One of the other items we wanted to bring up, get your thoughts on the combine. It, to me, there, there's probably so much tape and, and so much – out there about every player that has the potential of being drafted or, or getting a sniff in the NFL, is is there value in the combine at this point? Yeah, no, there, there, there is. There definitely is. And I know I, I saw Dan Campbell, who is just so much fun, say, like, <laughs> hey, you know, it's, it's not the underwear Olympics, it's the tape. And, of course, it's the tape. I mean, you're going to judge the guy on how he plays football way more than this. But at the same time, you know, college football is not like the NFL. It's not like all the teams have all great professional players. So there's a lot of context involved to figure it out. So, you know, maybe it doesn't matter for the guy who's going to be the, the top draft pick that everyone knew he was going to be the top draft pick anyway – but if you're a potential, say, like, third-round pick and you show the NFL that you can run at the same rate, at the same speed, and jump as, as high and, and have movement skills similar to Power 5 guys that have a ton of tape where they're playing at Georgia or something, I mean, I think that that can put players on the map. I also think that it can confirm a lot of things, that there's a lot of studies that will show that certain types of players that have numbers at the Combine – uh, that they struggle in the NFL or that they succeed in the NFL, for example. And so I think that it makes sense from the NFL's perspective to try to get a look at these guys and say at their numbers and say, all right, is this, this is going to change how we look at the odds. And plus there's the interviews, which I think we all agree were, are really important. And the medical stuff is extremely important um, when it comes to the draft for the teams. I think that the players may someday say we're not doing this anymore um, because it is a, like kind of a little weird just for the players to have to go uh, compete like you know like Campbell called it in the underwear Olympics to prove yeah. that they're worth drafting um, but at the same time you know somebody like Anthony Richardson shows up 
and shows that he wants to compete and prove that he's the most athletic quarterback of all time, like that, that does shape your, your perception of him. Like, wow. I mean, this guy not only put up those numbers to show that, which really sets a ceiling that he could be, you know, a superstar in the NFL, but also it shows a level of seriousness about the career and stuff. So I think for NFL teams, it is still very important. Um, but, you know, maybe players at some point are going to get tired of having to jump through these hoops in order to get drafted. Well, Matt, you always phenomenal stuff. Purple Insider is the place. Matthew uh, covers his team uh, year-round, and it, it is amazing. It is a year-round business. Once upon a time, there, there, there was an off-season. Not anymore. <laughs> no, definitely not. Uh, good to visit with you. Thanks. Yep, thanks, Steve. Matthew Collar, Purple Insider, joining us here on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Eric Kendricks, uh, given his walking papers by the Vikings, certainly not uh the last. He was the first. Won't be the last potential uh, big name leaving town with the Vikings as they try and rebuild this thing in the flank.